Welcome back to Bears Minutes. I got a big uh, dose of Ash Wednesday in my forehead. Hope you can see that out there. Um, heading into Lent um, and get ready for it. Um, but uh, lots of good things going on. Beautiful day outside. Hopefully you get outside to experience some of it. Uh, really nice out there right now. We are, to my understanding, going to get about an inch of snow overnight um, or dusting to an inch. Uh, but the roads are in great condition, and thank you to the EPW. I'm sure they'll be in good condition for the commute in the morning as well. Uh, we got lots of good things to talk about. I have a special guest, Joe Silva from One Stop Liquors. Uh, much to my chagrin, he did not bring samples. <laughs> Somebody should not report that to OCPF, but uh, it was a joke. Um, previous restaurateurs have brought in food samples. That's why I bust your cookies. So we're going to get to Joe in a minute, but i got a couple of announcements to make. So first and foremost, I want to talk about um, I had scheduled a St. Patrick's Day uh, dinner uh, party event, if you will, um, and here's the long and short of it. Um, I made an announcement at city council meeting that I shouldn't have. Um, and one of the councils reported to OCPF. Um, that's the Office of Campaign and Political Finance. And they called me and they said, um, well, what are you doing? And I told them what I would tell you is it's not intended to put money in my campaign account. I'm not looking to do that. Because the pandemic's been so long, I was looking for a fun event. And I'm an Irishman. I love St. Patty's Day events. So I was looking to have a little... Um, Less than thin-skinned humor, a little corned beef and cabbage, a little entertainment, a little music, um, and was really looking forward to doing that with you. Unfortunately, that event will be canceled. And the reason it will be canceled is uh, OCPF called me and said, well, you can't run that through your uh, political campaign committee. I said, okay, I'm okay with that um, because I didn't. all the money was going to go to pay for the expenses, the food, um, the flowers, the um, entertainment, and then whatever was left over was going to go to Debbie's treasure chest. And because it was reported, um, um, you know, they said you can't do that through your campaign committee. So I want to thank OCPF because they were great working with me the last two days. Um, and I tried to get another method because I still wanted to make a donation to Debbie's treasure chest, um, which was the primary goal of the, the party besides the uh, fun event. Um, and... Um, what I'm told by OCPF is I can't even run it through a separate third party. So if I have a friend in the city who, if let's say I turned to Joe and said, would you take the checks in and then write the checks for, um, you know, the entertainment, the expense, the food, and then the final check to Debbie's treasure chest, um, OCPF said no. So it leaves me really no alternative but to uh, cancel the event. And anybody who's already given a check to my campaign manager, Mike Solomon, or or – um, cash, you'll get your money back, right? And it's unfortunate that we can't get together and enjoy a good event. Uh, but that's, that's the nature of things here in Methuen and how things come to play. So uh, the event on March 16th will be canceled, and I apologize for that. Um, and I shouldn't have said it. Oh, you know, I made a mistake saying it at the city council meeting. Shouldn't have said it. Um, but it's, it's innocuous and really a situation that we should have been able to work out, uh, but we're not. So uh, we're going to have to cancel it, and that's unfortunate. So let's go on, because there is some good news in the city, um, some really good news. Uh, so the COVID numbers, let's start with those. Um, so down to 26 new cases this week. That's the lowest since the summer last year. So give me a hoo-ha on that, right? Whoever thought we'd cheer for 26 new cases, Sandy. Um, so uh, that's the great news. And I just remind you that we, we're coming from over 1,000 the two weeks after Christmas. Each week was well over 1,000. We had one week was 1,900 plus. So let's go to the good and the bad. 
Um, uh, so the good the overall numbers continue to decline. Uh, so in the last four weeks, they went from 177 to 77 to 59 to 26 this week. Um, and like I said, there were 1,900 plus in the month uh, after Christmas. Most vaccinated individuals are still experiencing mild symptoms. You still should um, get your vaccination. And um, we still have test kits available. I think people are, are finished with COVID. Uh, they're done with it. Um, we have probably about 2,500 test kits still available in the city. And if you haven't received one, we've been at the loop on a Saturday. We've been at the loop four days. We came away through an Arlington neighborhood. If you're in need of a uh, test kit, call the mayor's office at 978-983-8505, and we can get you two test kits. Um, also on the good side, today is Read Across America Day, so hopefully you're going to enjoy that with your, your kids. Um, I went to both the Timoney early this morning, and then later in the morning I went to the Marsh, and in between I went to Grace Morgan House to celebrate Carmen Coltrera's 100th birthday. So in case she watches, happy birthday, Carmen. Happy 100th birthday. We sang to her. A little off-key, but we sang nonetheless. Um, and we did, I read to um, a fourth-grade class at the Timoney, and I read to um, a fifth-grade class at um, the Marsh. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was Mrs. Went's class at the Timoney and Mrs. Romero's class at the uh, Marsh, and both groups were fantastic. I got a number of different questions that, you know, what's it like to be mayor? What's it like making these decisions? I said, um, you, you never learn how many people second-guess you until you become mayor, right, when you're a public figure. So, um, but great discussion with the kids. I read two really great books, and I was enthused about um, what great classrooms I saw, right, how much work. So the second group that I did, uh, the fifth grade at the Marsh, Ms. Romero's class, um, I picked a book about the start of the Revolutionary War, and I started reading it. And they are studying it in the history. It's amazing how much they've retained. So they were telling me all about Lexington Concord and who did what. And uh, I really enjoyed this experience. I know a lot of the city councilors did it as well. Uh, we had police and fire officers doing it and many other people across the city. So thank you for donating your time to Read Across America. It was a great day in the city of Methuen. Um, okay. Um, over and above that, uh, I'm still going to bug you about getting vaccinated. And I apologize because... Vaccinations are the key. Our vaccination rate remains below the state level, which is fantastic. The state level, that is. Ours is a little less than fantastic. And uh, this is up there for Nancy Reed and especially number two. This is Ryan's last time making the charts. And I say that because uh, effective uh, Friday, Ryan is leaving his employee at the city of Methuen. So I want to take the show to give a shout out to him. Uh, and say how much I appreciate how much he's done for me personally and how much he's done for the city of Methuen while he's in that role. He's been a great person in that position, and we're going to miss him. And it's going to take us a couple of weeks to backfill his um, position, but um, we're going to do it eventually, uh, and we wish Ryan nothing but success and the best in his future endeavors because uh, he's been a terrific em employee. So if you see him in the next couple of days, uh, please do me a favor. Say thank you. Right? When you see your DPW guys that plowed over the weekend, please don't complain about the one edge that didn't get plowed. Thank them for the job they do. Right? Because many of you ask great questions. And, and uh, one citizen wrote me an email that I thought was really great, and I answered it. And I said, what you've got to understand is our approach to plowing. 
when it's a, a, a significant sized storm, all the plows, including the tr contractors, are really focused on the main roads, making sure we have emergency access everywhere, right? And then secondarily to that, we work on the side roads. So we have to make sure the main roads are open, and then we work on the side roads. And sometimes that leaks into the second day, right? And then there's some parts that we go into a third day on, and those parts would be like excess snow removal. So when you take a, a spot like the old Methuen downtown, it's going to take us two-plus days to get there to kind of remove the snow. I know you don't have that at the loop because you have a contract to plow for you, but um, we've struggled mightily with trying to hire enough people. We're short-staffed in DPW. It's harder to find contractors because there's so few of them out there. Uh, but I want to publicly say, again, not that we haven't made mistakes. The DPW, Pat Bauer and the team, um, John Luff, our highway superintendent, They've done a fantastic job getting our roads clear, and I really appreciate it. And if you don't believe me, drive between Methuen and other cities after the storm. Drive between Methuen and Lawrence and do a comparison. So Methuen does a far better job. And I'm not saying that to irritate people in the city of Lawrence. It, it is what it is. Right? So kudos to John and Pat and, and all the folks that work in the DPW that work so hard. And, and they're facing additional CDL requirements as we come into the new fiscal year. So yet another challenge. All right, back to the COVID charts. So the distribution by sex, you can see the, the spike, as I said previously, caused a tremendous bump in the number of females compared to the male. At one point, they were within about one to 200 of each other. We're now about 1,100 more females in the city of Methuen. Now, if you do the quick math, that's about 17,000 and change out of 53,000. So that will give you the percentage of people in Methuen who have had COVID between March 2020 and now. Now, one of the students this morning said to me, is COVID over, Mayor? And I said, God, I hope so. But I don't know the answer to that. I don't think anybody does, right? I'm worried about additional things, and maybe that's just the Irish in me, but uh, uh, it is what it is, right? And so uh, I think we're stronger, better, moving forward. And I don't think that light at the end of the tunnel is a train coming towards us. So I think we're in good shape. We've got good weather coming. It's March. We're in March. I can't believe I'm saying that. Today is March 2nd. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, knock on wood, we've been, or pla knock on plastic, whatever this is, um, we've been fairly fortunate. We've had a couple significant storms, but nothing like 2015. And let's, let's get through April. You know, I always... I don't say no snow until like April 20th, right? Because I remember Easter snowstorms and things like that that have happened in this neck of the woods. And I remember relatives visit my house on Easter, put plastic bags on their shoes, right, on so much snow. So the distribution by age chart is uh, right here. You can see the younger folks out of the, out of the 17,000 change, 4,200 are under 19, 2,700 are 20 to 29, 2,400 at 30 to 39, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? And these charts will all be out on social media, so you can look at deep. And the, how does the 26 break down? The 26 new cases last week, uh, we had four over 70. Uh, we had three in most other categories, five in the 30 to 39, five in the 20 to 29, and three in the under 19. I want to talk for a minute. <clears throat> so we're also ready for COVID to be over. Um, I want to thank Councilors Ferretra, and um, Ziegler, because we did a, a COVID memorial ceremony yesterday at City Hall, 
And I don't know if you got to see it, but uh, MCS taped it. I don't know if that's going to be broadcast. Going to be broadcast. Um, it was moving. And at one point in, in the um, program, uh, retired Fire Lieutenant McCarthy, who lost his daughter Brianna, who was a Bethune High School teacher in the early days of the pandemic, um, he got called up to speak, and he was, he was emotional because just this past week, he lost, um, I think he said, his cousin's um, fiance, who was a young person in their 30s. And I, I give that story to you because it's hard for people to understand. We've had 215 deaths in the city of Methuen. And the naysayers out there, including some people who do other podcasts, would say, well, 215 divided by 53,000, it's not even really as dangerous as the flu. And I refute that uh, because if you're one of the people who had a loved one among the 215, you know the impact, right? And I'm grateful that many of you haven't had that impact, and many of you have gotten you know, sick. We've had people in this program who were really hurt by COVID. Uh, Mr. Hatem, who's on the uh, Great Lawrence School Board now, he talked about his COVID experience. But um, you never understand completely the number of lives that are touched by one person until you lose that person, right? And as somebody who lost somebody that I'm, I'm you know, I'm publicly saying, I love that guy. He was awesome. Um, you don't get over it, right? It's a hole that you can't put back. Even if you haven't seen them for some time, you know, you're thinking about, I'll catch up with them over this or that, it's gone. So mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, grandfathers, grandmothers, lots of people have been lost. Um, and that's difficult. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, then the next chart is the three-city comparison. Um, which you know the mayor is fixated on, and it shows you that all three cities are in the same trend. Look at Lawrence. Almost 37,000 out of their, roughly almost 100,000 have had it. So their percentage is easy to do. They're about 37% of the people got COVID. All right, that gives you an idea. Haverhill is a little bit larger than Methuen. They're at 17,670, and their population is a little larger. They're in the 60,000 range. And Methuen's 15,925 out of uh, 53,000. All right, so that's how you figure out how many. And then here's looking at some of the uh, different data, the three, the three <laughs> cities. Uh, percent positive, we're at 4.8. Uh, Lawrence is at 4.87, and Havel's at 4.24. Again, the only reason Havel's got a better uh, percentage number is they test more, right? So, uh, but I would urge you, a reminder, we have test kits available to give away, um, and um, it's important that you, know, you have those. Because these ones expire in June, right? So if you're somebody who took the two test kits from the city, don't think you can keep them all year. There's an expiration date on the test kit. Um, all right, last chart from the state perspective. Um, so the state of Massachusetts, the percent of the population age five and over that received the first dose, you can see that number at the top, 92.7%. That's huge, 93%. And the percent of the population age five and over that are fully vaccinated is now right at 80%, 79.9%. That's fantastic, right? Methuen trails both those numbers. So the population age five and over received the first dose of Methuen is 78 against 92.7 from the state. And um, the percent of the population age five and over fully vaccinated Methuen is 69.9 against 79.9.
So we trailed by 10 in the fully vaccinated, and we trailed by uh, 14 in the first dose. So don't wait. Now, I know a lot of people say, hey, there's, you know, we don't know what's in that vaccine. I would tell you uh, it's well publicized that I've had some health issues, and I do appreciate all the people that have reached out to me with, you know, kind words of support. And um, I'm on the path to recovery. Um, I've got to be careful about certain things. That comes with getting older. Uh, I'll be 65 next December. So certain things happen with age that you've got to take care of. And I've got to stop neglecting myself. And um, part of that is, you know, um, I, I want to be able to give my all for you. And so don't, you know, I would tell you that um, even when I was in the hospital, I was working full time. If you don't believe that, uh, there's those that want to do it for you. I'll give you the names of the nurses on my floor at Lee Clinic, and they could tell you he's on the laptop all day. We, we couldn't even get his blood because we didn't want to interrupt the meeting. So that's the uh, nature of the beast. Um, one more say, if we could put the Binax slide up first before we finish. The, if you got this one. Yeah. So um, just a reminder that um, you still, the federal government is still saying lots of people have not reached out to the federal government for their there are four free COVID test kits, right? If you want to order those kits, go to that link right there, www.natchw.org backslash COVID tests, or call that number, 1-800-232-0233, and you can get four test kits free per household. And I know it's true because I did it, right? I've got four that I got free from the federal government. I've got four that I bought, right? And uh, like I said, they come with expiration dates. They have to be used. So when I was admitted to the hospital uh, two and a half weeks ago, I got COVID tested for like the 45th time and fortunately tested negative, even though I have had it in the past, as you know. So uh, that's the COVID portion. The news is good. Um, I would still encourage you. We are doing vaccine clinics at the Loop. They're advertised. You still should get out and get them. Um, there is no you know, slam dunk coming from the CDC or um, from, you know, and DESI or any of the other, you know, groups that are sending down that says it's over. It's not over. And people dying from it are proof that it's not over. And so I want to tell you one of the things I told the students in both those classes today. Um, so effective March 7th, the mask mandate or the mask requirement in schools, in public schools, changes. It goes to parent choice. And what I told both those classes, great kids, great kids, and i invited both of them classes to come visit me at City Hall so I could give them a tour. Um, this is a tremendous teaching moment. And whether we understand it or not, this is another diversity point that we can allow our children to teach our adults how to deal with diversity. So some parents are going to choose to have their children continue to wear the mask after March 7th, and that's okay. And some parents are going to choose to have their children not wear a mask after March 7th, and that's okay. And children shouldn't be making fun of each other because one group is wearing the mask and one group is not. That's a decision made by a parent that is a parent's right to choose. I'm going to tell you publicly, whenever I'm in a crowd, I'm going to put a mask on even though it's not required because I'm trying to protect myself with the health issues I've had. All right? And if you read all the literature, it says people with underlying health conditions like me should still be careful. And people that aren't vaccinated should still be careful. So tremendous diversity, listening, teaching point for our students. Please, parents, help make this right. Do not allow your children 
to make fun of people who either choose to wear a mask or choose not to wear a mask. That is a, a parent's and individual's right to choose, and I defend that. And in case you're saying, well, why are you saying this now, Mayor? I've not forced any city employees to get vaccines. Some city employees have not gotten vaccinated. Um, I would like them to get vaccinated. I want them to get vaccinated, but I'm not going to force them to. Because to me, that's the single greatest thing about this country, the right to choose, right? And we're given that, and we have to appreciate it, right? But along with that appreciation, we have to appreciate the fact that some people might think different than we do. All right. Uh, last but not least, uh, as long as we're on the, the good news, um, and I say that jokingly. So there is a resolution before council um, at this coming Monday night, the 7th, um, to take the money that I paid out in hazard pay. So my appeal was denied by the state all the way up to the governor's level. Um, so uh, I want to tell you publicly that we went out to Melanson, our auditor, and said, hey, would it be okay to take that hazard pay out of the ARPA funds, the $19 million in free uh, or revenue loss? And Melanson said yes. And the CAFO, because we're once burned and twice shy, said, well, we better check it with the state again. And we checked it with the state, A&F, and, um, and Brendan Sweeney said, no, you can't. So there's a resolution on there to um, take the 600000 the 500000 that we gave in hazard pay, that I gave in hazard pay, and... The 140000 I gave to small businesses, I refunded their uh, alcohol and victual licenses because we're on a border community and we're right near Salem and they were able to be open during the pandemic. And I don't think that's fair to our businesses, but it is what it is. So the state is not saying the mayor misappropriated money. The state is saying you can't use the CARES funding for that. So they're not going to take it out of a cherry sheet, as some councils have said. We have to pay it back. I have to pay it back out of free cash. That's the resolution. I know that's not going to sit well with some of you, but I'm going to say this to you. So primarily, driven by my administration, we have increased the free cash over $9 million in the two years I've been in office. All right? This mistake is my mistake alone. It's not done maliciously with will intent. I still believe the people that reported to work every day deserved a hazard pay. That's my view. And I used the governor's definition of, of, of essential employees to do it. And we did, get, we did reach out to the state. No matter what the social media boo-birds will say, we did reach out to the state. And in a letter back from Brendan Sweeney to uh, State Senator Diana Zoglio, thank you, Senator, who appealed on my behalf as well, or the city of Methuen's behalf as well, um, you know, they, the state acknowledges that they originally did say, yes, this is an allowable expense. And I use this uh, example of appealing to our auditor, Melanson, for can we pay this back out of uh, the excess revenue fund. They said yes, and the state again said no. So I'm using this as a teaching point to tell you there's still some areas where there's... So I feel like I was trying to hit a moving target. In hindsight, if I could do it all over again... I wouldn't give the hazard pay. Uh, I know this is going to go up several councils sideways. I would, I would want to give city money to help the businesses because I think that's only fair. We're trying to promote an atmosphere on a border community, with borders New Hampshire, where we want businesses like One Stop Liquors to want to be in Methuen. And you can't do that with just words. It takes action and it takes money. So that resolution will be there Monday night. 
I know that many of you will be unhappy about that. Um, that's the final solution. If the council votes no, then I will have to cut the existing budget. And, you know, people are going to say, well, what does that mean? Does it mean layoffs? I don't know. Right? I'll have to work with the department heads and see what it means. Right? But hopefully the council will see fit after a few of them take their shots at me for the third time to look at what we've done and approve the use of free cash to pay the hazard pay and the restaurant money that we refunded. Um, and that's it. You know, it was in the Tribune again this week, um, and I want to thank Brianna Edelstein because it's the first time an article has been written that I thought was really fair, the way it was written. I haven't been happy with the Tribune's coverage of the hazard pay. I think they've tried to sensationalize it, and I say that to you, uh, no malicious intent on my part. I make $75,000 a year to the mayor. If the council decides to take it back, then you have to reelect me for, for eight more years, and that would need a change to the charter. So uh, I'm trying to do the best I can. I make mistakes. Uh, this is one of them. Uh, but clearly I didn't make the mistake all on my own. And so that's my way of explaining to you that's what we're going to do. And um, if you don't like it, I completely understand. All right, so I'm moving forward. Speaking of small businesses, we have with us Joe Silva, who is from One Stop Liquor. And i got to be honest with you, Joe. When you're opening... I, I thought to myself, this is the craziest damn idea ever, right? And then you opened, and I went in there, and I said, this is the best damn idea ever, right? And why did I say that? Well, I mean, we, uh, not only you, a lot of my distributors and suppliers um, had the same, the same doubts. They say, why would you open up a liquor store closer to the New Hampshire border when it's so price competitive? Yeah. But, you know, I believed in what, I, what we could do. Um, I've been coming to the Loop since I was a little boy, and I was very familiar with the area. And um, so the opportunity presented itself, and we moved forward. Um, I knew what I could offer the customers. I knew once customers came into the store uh, and saw what we were offering, that they would be back. And that, and that and that's my, was my priority, was to um, offer something right from the beginning that customers customers uh, around this area were, they weren't accustomed to, uh, because the majority of the customers in this area, after talking to customers, were shopping in New Hampshire. Uh, at least I would say at least 80% of the customers from Methuen were driving up to Salem and shopping right. in Salem. And, uh, and then and then when they filed their taxes, that question that says, "Have you brought any out-of-state product in?" They said, "No, no, no, no." Right. <laughs> But, you know, what was amazing was how many customers believed that there was sales tax and alcohol yeah. in mass. Uh, because, uh, you know, in New Hampshire, they always advertised tax-free, and no one did in, in mass. So once they found that out and then they saw the, our pricing on the shelf, and not just about pricing, I believe that, you know, we provide a, a good service, uh, a welcoming service. and Because, you know, price is not everything. It's yeah. what you are, what are all yeah, the other things you offer. And uh, so, uh, you know, easy to shop, a clean store. Uh, I know it's new, but, if you, you know, we have a couple other locations that we've had for a lot of years, and it looks the same, you know, because we have, we take pride in keeping a clean environment, a safe environment for customers to come in. Um, so, so far, you know, in eight months that we've been there, uh, I'm very happy with the results. Uh, I believe the majority of the customers are very happy with what we're offering. Um, and hopefully keep it going. I don't hear any complaints. And I want to tell so 
Um, every Christmas, my barber, and I go see my barber every week, um, except when I was in the hospital, um, I get him a high-end bottle of bourbon. Now, I will tell you, I know nothing about bourbon. I'm a straight whiskey Jameson's kind of guy, right? And I was Guinness before I had my gallbladder taken out. Now I can't tolerate any beer. <laughs> but um, So I, I went into your store uh, about two weeks before Christmas. And I'm using my phone, and I'm, I'm checking, uh, what's, a, what's a high-end bourbon? And I can't even remember what the price. So I looked, and you have a whole aisle of bourbons, and then you've got some that are locked away. Correct. So I went over the ones that are locked away, and I was like, oh, there was one that was $185. So, you know, my barber's really good to me. I, I want to give him. So that's around the. So I said, well, let me just go check. So while I was in the store, I called up the state liquor store website, and I looked at the same bottle of bourbon, 212. 212. And I said, no, we're very, um, I mean, I, I work hard with, you know, negotiating with my suppliers uh, to try to buy, you know, larger quantities yeah. so that I can stay competitive uh, in our pricing and bring our customers the, you know, most value that we can. Um, so uh, we've been fortunate to do that. I mean, I, I also, I do my homework, so I look at their website, and yeah. unfortunately, yeah. That's, you have to do that. Um, you know, and, and I know we're very competitive, not on everything because, um, you know, what's the hardest thing for you to be competitive on? What's be beer. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, uh, beer is very difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, the bottle bill, you know, sets us back, you know, uh, right. because on a 30 pack of beer, that's a dollar fifty difference right there. And yep. then, um, and so that, that's, it makes it very, very difficult, but, you know, I, it's one-stop shop, so it's the convenience of coming into our store, and you're going to find what you're looking for. If you're having a party at home, you're going to find spirits, you're going to find wine, and we offer. We also offer uh, beer, and uh, uh, you know, even though you might pay a little bit more for the beer, for a 12-pack of beer or a 30-pack, than if you go up the street to uh, one of the stores that sell it in, uh, in New Hampshire. But it's that convenience of coming in and finding everything you're looking for in one stop. Well, and I want to cite, you know, so we've had a couple of community events since you opened uh, at The Loop, and you've participated in them. We had the Christmas tree lighting. Yeah. We had July 4th. I can't remember if you opened July 4th, but I know you opened Christmas tree lighting, and you kind of helped out. Um, so I, w I want to message the community. You've you got to work with these small businesses to kind of keep them going, right? These are our, our community treasures. Right? And they do so much for our community. I think people forget that, right? And your point earlier, it's not just about price. It's about service. It's about all these things. Have you seen any, um, you know, with all the debate, I'm a former supply chain guy at Raytheon, so all the debate over, we've got eight police crews, six or eight police crews we bought, and we can't get them on the road yet because all the stuff that goes on, the lights, the sirens, all the other stuff is delayed, supply chain. Have you run into any supply chain issues? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I've been I've been doing this for 23 years. We've never seen nothing like it. Uh, out of stocks, um, suppliers going up in price because of the raw materials for them are going up in price. Right. Um, so that price is being passed down to us. Uh, basically, on a daily basis, I'm getting emails with price increases. I I think we've been seeing price increases in some other industries yeah. and. 
just now it's hitting ours also. Yeah. Um, and it's going to affect everybody. I mean, it's, yeah. it's definitely it some things, you know, things are, we've always had price increases, but it would go up a dollar a bottle or 80 cents a bottle. Yep. Now it's going up two, three, four dollars a bottle. Yep. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, we just, there's no way not to pass that to the customer. I mean, uh, as much as we try to hold our prices, but it gets to a yep. certain point that yeah. you just got to pass it on. Yeah. So, so have you experienced, I'm sure you have, we, we struggle, we're down headcount-wise in DPW, police, um, some other departments. Have you struggled to find employees as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've, um, I mean, right now we're short-staffed. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, if it was you, up to me, I'd leave this job today and come work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, uh, we, we're short-staffed. I mean, not just in, 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 uh, to loop, but uh, we also have a store in Tuxbury that uh, we've had for about 15 years, and we're having the same problem. And yeah. uh, up to about, you know, two and a half years ago, we had stacks of applicants. Right. Uh, look, you know, and today we can't, we're People looking to used to love working. Women. So a long time ago when I was, uh, I used to work at Raytheon when my kids were small, and then I taught at Northern Essex because it supplemented because my wife at the time wasn't working. Um, and a couple of years I didn't get jobs at NECO. So there was a package store right down here, A&B Package Store, a little white place in the uh, Pelham Street that I worked at for two years. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I, um, I started in this business 23 years ago. Um, I had no experience. Uh, I learned on the job. And, uh, you know, like any other jobs, there's, day, there's good days and bad days. Amen. There's days you go home, you're frustrated, but the next morning you get up, you put your shoes on, I'm you go do back it again. to work. Yep. And that's what we do. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy what I do. Uh, I enjoy interacting with customers on a daily basis, yeah. interacting with suppliers and wholesalers. Um, you know, my wife is full-time in, involved in, in the business now. Um, both of my I have a son that's uh, last year of college. He, you know, hopefully he'll stay in the business, help yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, it's a family business. We run it like a family business. Uh, our employees know it's... You know, they feel, they, they feel like they're coming to work. It's family. Uh, we don't really um, have, like, job description. My job, your job, is we have a job to do, and we all know what it is. We help each other out, you know, and uh, when it comes to those hours that's a little busier, we all put it to a different gear. And I, when I will say this. The several times that I've been in the store, the employees did not look miserable. Right. No, uh, it's, uh, like and that's were, important. Uh, yeah. I think I don't want them, you know, I want to make everybody, you know, I want them to come to work because yeah. I can't do the job without them for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you want them to want to come to work and enjoy what they do because if you don't enjoy what you do, it's one thing I learned at a young age is you're not going to be good at it because yeah. you're not going to put the extra effort to, to learn it. So, um, yeah, I've been lucky enough to have good employees and they're doing a great job and uh, just need to find more. <laughs> yeah. So, so we got some comments, so people write in to me while we're... So Ed Quinn, who's a, a good friend of mine, says he calls one-stop liquors the jewel of Mathorn, and I like that, right? And so I agree with you, Eddie. We, we've got to keep the jewel polished, right? And that means foot traffic. So how has business been? You know, business has been good. Um, you know, we, uh, in the beginning, we, we put a lot of advertising uh, into it. Uh, I, was, I'd, I was hoping to have gotten more results from the advertising. Yeah. Uh, but what we've seen is a consistent growth. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, as long as we're seeing familiar faces, customers coming back, that means we're doing something right. Yeah. And, and that's my goal is to continue to, to provide a service where customers feel comfortable coming back. Yeah. Uh, and 
like I said, we continue to work hard to find different products to differentiate and offer our customers something that something different sure. and, and value. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we work with a lot of, uh, you know, everything in Massachusetts, there's certain uh, laws that we, everything has to go through a distributor. But we, uh, we work directly with some small wineries and distilleries, finding uh, some small batch bourbons, small batch uh, whiskeys, where we can bring it in through our distributor, but it comes in um, to our locations so that we can offer our customers something different, yeah. some qu- different quality, and most important, value. Because I, I use that word a lot with my yeah. suppliers because it's about offering our customers uh, value. And, uh, you, know, every, you know, everybody's having a tough time. And uh, so if you, you know, you can't sell, you know, a $20 bottle for 20 you know, because customers in mass, one thing that I find is they're very educated, especially on the wines and the bourbons. They do a lot of research. I mean, we have our phones. Right. Everything is in the palm yep. of our hands. Yep. So you can't fool people. You know, you just, you know, they, they know what a quality. If they're paying for, if they're buying a $10 bottle of wine, you know, they expect to, the quality to be there. If they're buying a $50 bottle of wine, they expect the quality for $50 yep. to be there. And that's what we try to do is to, to bring customers value and um, differentiation from what, um, you know, they can find everywhere else. Sure. You know, as far as, you know, being competitive, um, you know, we, competition is, is good for all of us. It makes us better at what we do. Um, there's plenty of business for every little there store is. or big store. Yeah. Uh, we just have to do our jobs and find our niche to differentiate. Um, now, um, I got a couple more questions. I got to check there. So, um, so do you um, – I'm going to say this wrong because I'm not – so I think there's a trend towards, like, hard sodas and hard colas and, and the White Claw kind of drinks. Correct. Um, and that. Do you see your, your audience shifting from either beer to that, or is that – is there a specific age demographic that kind of go – you know, younger people go with those and, you know – well. Yeah, it started with younger, uh, yeah. but it's it's translating into middle-aged men to yeah. you know old it's women. Um, you know, it's more of that uh, they call it a porch drinkers. Yeah. You know, uh, if you like to have a glass of wine at dinner, you're not going to have a salsa with your meal. Right. But if you're, you know, sitting at the, uh, you're sitting, sitting around a fire, sitting around the fire. You know, it, it was huge. The last two or three years, we've seen a huge increase in that category. And, uh, you know, more and more suppliers are coming out with new yeah. uh, new, new products. And, yeah, I uh, saw, like I said, I saw a hard, I think Coke has come out with something. It's, 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 it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's out, it just keeps every week. Okay. And this is why, you know, um, we decided to take that much space at the loop uh, yep. because we knew of all these products in the market. And if you don't have the space, you can't, you know, store it. You can't put it on the shelf. Yep. Um, we got a couple questions here. So Linda Lambert said, I saw a trolley at Market Basket Pleasant Valley. Is this for a special occasion? Uh, I really don't know. To be honest with you, Linda, I'll check on that and get you an answer. Uh, she also said, I love that one stop is so convenient because I live off Jackson Street. So much easier than going to Salem. So kudos. Did one-stop liquors take any Russian liquor off their shelves? There's the question. I knew that would come in. Did you take any Russian liquor off? We have not. You what? We have not no. taken it off. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I support uh, Ukraine. It's, it's sad to see what's going on there. It is. Um, but, you know, 
like New Hampshire, I believe they pulled, the whole state pulled uh, all Russian spirits off the shelf. And if the state of mass uh, mandated that, yeah. I would be the first one to pull it so, off but the let shelf. Me, let me uh, ask you a question. So when the state of New Hampshire says they pulled all the Russian liquor, they've already paid for it, right? I believe so. So, so they're not going to... They're not going to return the bottles. They're, they're going to keep it off the shelves so hopefully something resolves and then bring them back. I would assume, Correct. I would assume that, yes. Yeah. I mean, I know all the Russian spirits uh, that I have in my stores, uh, they've, it's been paid for. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, usually distributors, they give us 10 days to pay for the product right. once it comes in, uh, so everything is paid for. So for me to take, you know, you're talking thousands of dollars. Tens of thousands of dollars. That could cripple a small business, yeah. Uh, of course, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I, I would be all for it. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be not, you know, if, you know, the state, yep. you know, mandated. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and so we would do what we have to do. So, so most of the Russian liquor, vodkas and things like that? Mostly is vodka. There's not that many, actually. Yeah. You know, you take a brand like Smirnoff Vodka. You know, it's not in Russia, but it's actually made in the U.S., yeah. Uh, so there's there's a so lot. You got to check it out. Yeah. You know. So there's a lot of vodkas out there with that have that Russian name, but it, it's actually not made yeah. in Russia. It, you know, it might have started there, might have, but it's it's produced uh, elsewhere. Um, but I, you know, there's really not not many. Uh, yeah. You know. But. I drink Tito's, which is an American vodka. Correct. With cranberry juice and a twist of lime. I like to kid myself that with the cranberry juice in there, it's good for my kidneys, right? So <laughs> that's my approach. All right, we get a couple more questions. Um, does the liquor store, does One Stop sell wine for cooking? That might be Chardonnay wine. Yeah, we, we, we do. Uh, yeah. We have, um, you know, we have cooking ports. We have Marsala wine. We have, uh, we have Chardonnays. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously for cooking, most people like to use a dry yeah. wine, so the, we always recommend a Chardonnay. Uh, we have different price points. You don't want to put a $50 bottle into cooking. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, we have a very good selection and all of yeah. that. See, you, you brought up the only, <laughs> excuse me, the only thing I did while I was in the hospital, because they had limited channels on the TV, other than uh, work and play uh, Call of Duty on my phone, was watch the Food Channel. Um, so somehow over the, the five days I was in the hospital, I kind of get into this thing. Maybe I should have been a chef, right? So now I'm in this cooking vein. You know, I want to cook, and I'm experimenting with all these things, even with things like poached eggs, right? So I'll probably stop in and get some Marcella wine to kind of do a chicken or a veal Marcella. So right. we got plenty so of that. So let's not forget the main point in having Joe on here is the city of Methuen appreciates uh, having one-stop liquors here. And we want to do everything in our power to keep one-stop liquors here and profitable. And you help that by shopping there, right? So I reiterate my, my urge to you to shop local, right? Keep it with the people who help support our community, right? Avoid the trip over the border. Take a look at the prices. Take a look at the service. Weigh all the factors, right? I think when you go into one stop, if you're like me, until I went in there, I was pleasantly surprised, you know, what I was looking at. So I really appreciate what you've done. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, we put, a, as you can see, we put a lot into the building. Um, the loop management, they were great to work with, uh, a lot of help. Um, and one thing that I want to let all the customers know, our customers know, is that, um, you know, I guarantee that I will continue to work hard to continue to bring value to them. And um, 
you know, special requests, we take them all. I mean, yeah. we're in customer service. I truly believe in customer service. And we're going to continue to, uh, me and my staff, we're going to continue to work hard to provide the best service we can. Uh, we do make mistakes. No yep. one's perfect. Yep. Uh, but we're trying and we're learning from our mistakes. Um, you know, I just want to, you know, without our customers, we yeah. know we can't have a business. Right. So what's your and, biggest uh, headache right now? What's the biggest headache you have? You know, one of the, the biggest challenges has been finding staff. That's, that's been, that's to, to, to have the full amount of people in all shifts. shifts. Um, it's been tough, you know, with COVID. Um, you know, we never had the right amount from the beginning, but then, you know, coming in contact with COVID, being out, it's been, it's been the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, uh, I mean, I'm very pleased with the results, with the amount of customers coming in. Uh, I'm very happy with the comments that we're getting from our customers. Um, you know, just like I said, very, very happy to, with, with yeah. the way things are going. Well, we're happy to have you here. So one of the other things I want to talk to you about is, um, and not to put you on the spot, in the May time frame, we're going to do a restaurant week, and I assume you're kind of familiar with that. We go to local restaurants, and they're struggling right now. They don't want us to do it too quick because of staff. Correct. Right? But what we do is we offer, um, typically it's slower nights or slower periods, uh, discount coupons for meals, and we call it Methuen Restaurant Week. So we're looking at a week in May right now, and what I would suggest to you is, you might want to think about being part of Restaurant Week. Now, people would say, well, there's no food there. Um, but to do like a wine tasting event or something, and then, you know, maybe some discount for a slow period for yourself, right? Right. Just for that one week or a couple nights that one week might be beneficial. So I'd ask you just to think about it because I'd like to make the Restaurant Week in Methuen bigger than it's been, right? And host some outdoor events, Right. Uh, so I have this dream that, you know, I'm going to convince the downtown folks that are in the downtown area to kind of block it off, and I don't know if you've been there, and to have a couple nights, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday of a week, of restaurant week, have a band play there if the music's good, have some outdoor tables, have some music, bring in some, you know, alcohol and refreshments and kind of have a, a cafe sort of experience, right? I would love to take part of that. Okay, love and to. I appreciate that. I would so. love to. I'll be calling you, you know, regularly. One of the things that um, when you walk in our stores and you see, I don't know how much time we have, but okay. we, have, um, uh, we have a tasting room uh, that the plan for that once COVID gets a little better um, is to invite customers to come in and help us with, you know, barrel picks, yeah. um, do different tastings. Um, customers like that. They like to be part of something, and, and that's, that's why we built that room. We put, put some money into that room so that we have the capability uh, to do that. And usually through Zoom, we have the distiller or the winer, yep. the winemaker, uh, you, you know, help us pick different, yep. different things. And that, that's the plan. I want to do those, more and more of those events. Yep. Um, and then a couple of times a year, we do big events, like a big wine tasting. Uh, and I was still in Tuxbury um, prior to COVID. Uh, we did it, and we, we would have seven to 800 people come in within a three-hour span. Uh, we have distributors throughout the country that would come in and uh, sample wine and spirits for our customers. Uh, we usually um, would hire a catering company to come yeah. in and have some, some, uh, some people go around with some uh, finger foods. Uh, it's usually a great event, great turnout. We sell a lot of wine. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's something that's a given opportunity for customers to try something different. Uh, yeah. And um, the plan is to do that here. Uh, we're just 
maybe, hopefully, if the COVID numbers continue to go this direction, please, uh, early spring, we'll plan something like that and, uh, okay. and have a big event and okay. uh, hopefully so we can get the whole town there. <laughs> we, we want you to, to tell us the kind of things. You don't have to do it today. I want you to call my office regularly. I know we, we nagged you to be on the show because we, I, literally because I'm such a big fan, right, of the store. So, um, but I want you to be, this is not a one-time visit in my mind. I want you, you know, if, things, if there's things the city can do to kind of help you, I want to know what they are, right? And that's my commitment. Bringing you on the show is to kind of expose you to the residents of Methuen and let them understand the gem that we have here um, and hopefully get them to shop local, like I said, all right? Over and above that, I want the same from you. I want you telling us, hey, it would be easier if the city did this or that, right? Um, and not to go down a slippery slope, that's one of the reasons I refunded the alcohol license to the business that we're running in 2020, right? Because they all took it on the chin. Um, mere 100 yards from restaurants in Salem, New Hampshire, they were open and fully functional, right? And so um, it's, tough to be, it's tough to be a restaurateur or a small businessman on, in a border community um, in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And in case you think I'm talking out of my you-know-what, I made the same point to uh, Governor Baker when I talked to him last week, and I made the same uh, point when I talked to Congresswoman Trahan when I talked to her one-on-one -on -one, uh, Monday, right? We've got to do a better job from the state perspective of understanding the difficulties in being a business person or businessman or a restaurateur and working in the border community because otherwise you're sending a message that says, hey, go to New Hampshire, and that's not the message this mayor is sending, right? We want to keep it local. So do me a favor, go see my good friend Joe Silva at One Stop Liquors. Tell him the mayor sent you. There's no discount associated with that, just so you know. <laughs> um, and check it out because I think you will be pleasantly surprised. Right? And I appreciate you coming on the show. You're going to see lots me. more of me. Now that my St. Paddy's Day pants party's canceled, I'll be coming in to drink my miseries away. Got plenty of Jameson. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that plus, right? Okay. Um, let's see. Any last questions? It's written and said, I'm not one to indulge, but now I need to check out the store. That's what we want here. Maybe I'll buy some vino. Um, uh, let's see. Anomalous says, we're missing the point of a boycott. Take them off the shelves, send a message. Well, you can, Anomalous, you can just choose not to buy them, right? Uh, and that's what I would do. I, I'm not going to – I made the Tito's point because I personally feel that Tito's vodka is superior. And I know people would debate me on that, but I do. I, I love the taste of it. Um, uh, Nancy Reardon said, is your staff 21 and older? 18. 18. And that's the law, right? The law is 18. Actually, everyone that I have at the store, uh, all my employees right now are 21 and older, but the law is 18. Yeah. So I got one comment that's not connected to any. So there's been discussions about putting lights at Park and Lawrence Street. We are looking at that, just so you know. Uh, as I drove through today, I felt apprehension. I do too. Uh, another driver with the right of way paused an extra moment and waved me through. Imagine if we could practice kindness when approaching the intersection instead of jogging with a me-first attitude. Perhaps St. Monica's and First Baptist could begin a campaign, save taxpayers money, and feel good at the same time. Uh, I love that idea, uh, Angela. Uh, I think we're, the mayor is pushing to put uh, stoplights there. Um, because I'll be honest with you, when I'm going back to City Hall, let's say I go to CVS to get my prescriptions, I go up Broadway and then cut over... Um, Pleasant Street after I go through the square because it's easier than going up, uh, what is it, Park Street and try to run that gamut because you run that gamut at Park and Lawrence Street at various parts of the day, it's just extremely difficult. 
and we do have accidents there. So we are looking at it, and I appreciate your feedback. All right, anything else? We've got like four minutes left. What would you like to say in your wrap-up here, Joe? What's your pitch to the city of Methuen? Well, I mean, you know, thanks for having me here. Thrilled uh, to have you. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be at the Loop. Uh, like I said, the Loop management has been, they've been great, uh, great people to work with. Uh, our customers have been great. Uh, I appreciate their support. Uh, without our customers, I wouldn't have a business. So I work, I'm going to continue to work hard to provide, uh, bringing them that value. Um, and, we, you know, special requests, we take it. Uh, we do our best to get it. I know a lot of customers um, that are used to shopping in New Hampshire, there's a lot of products that's exclusive for New Hampshire that we've been having, to, well, we can't get them in mass. Right. Uh, so I want customers to understand that if there is something that, we cannot get it's because it doesn't exist in mass, yep. and uh, we can't bring it into Massachusetts without b going through a distributor. Uh, but you know, I just want to thank the customers. Uh, anybody looking for a job, we're hiring. <laughs> so there you go. That's very important. Uh, in about but, a year and a half, I'll yeah. be coming to see you. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I just promise the customers that I, I will continue to work hard uh, to to provide the best service I can and. Uh, we all need to improve, and we, we will continue to, to do that. Appreciate it. And we're thrilled to have you here. All right, we're going to wrap up with a couple of ads. Our rec department is doing a fabulous job. So we've got Methuen Rangers Youth Flag Football Team, league, excuse me, uh, open to any boy and girl aged between 3 and 15 years, no experience necessary. Games are played in the lower fields at Nicholson Stadium Sunday morning starting April 3rd. A registration on the Methuen Rec website uh, is available. Eight-week season. Includes preseason, five regular season games, along with playoff championship games. Every player receives an official sublimated AFFL jersey, flag belt, and football for the team. And championship rings for the teams that win. So get your kids involved. And then the second one is, and I've got one extra that we didn't give MCS, and I apologize. Uh, soccer shots with Moon and Rec, three different age groups. Sunday mornings, April 3rd to May 22nd, seven weeks at Nicholson Stadium Fees, Field. Excuse me. There's a season fee for all divisions. It's $130 per resident. This is an introductory soccer for kids two to five years. Um, and uh, believe it or not, I want to tag on to this. You can leave this slide up. Um, so Methuen Youth Soccer is doing a music bingo event at uh, Merrimack Valley Golf Course. It's coming Saturday night, I think at 6 o'clock. I've got a table. I believe in sponsoring our youth sports in the city, and I hope you do too. Um, so I and my children are going to go out there, and we're going to compete in music bingo and, and have a fun time and maybe, just maybe, have a cocktail or two. Um, also, I wanted to talk about the fact that the, I think it's the Marsh School PTO is having a music bingo at Lindsay's, and I think it's like March 26th, if I remember correctly. And so we got to all get out and support that because our teachers, what I saw today, our teachers are doing a hell of a job. And last but not least, um, uh, the Methuen Scholarship Foundation is coming up. And we had a tough year last year, um, but um, I've got some pledge tickets in front of me, and um, I'm going to pledge $1,000 again to the Methuen Scholarship Foundation, and hopefully I'm going to make a video for them, but I'd like, to, I'd like to work for the Scholarship Foundation and answer phones that night on public TV. So I challenge you, you don't have to give $1,000, give what you can to the Methuen Scholarship Foundation because it helps uh, graduating seniors with all the expenses associated with college. 
You say, Mayor, you know, why do you give a thousand? I give a thousand dollars, and by the way, that's not out of my campaign account. That's out of my personal account. This time, uh, for those of you that follow social media, you'll get that. Um, I give the money because, as a father who put four kids through college, I understand the tremendous expense that's associated with getting your kids a higher education. Right? It's extremely difficult, um, and every child needs the opportunity if they so desire to go to college, to, to, to do so, uh, and not, not, not do so because they can't afford it. So the Methuen Scholarship Foundation Telethon is coming up. I don't have the date in front of me, uh, but I will get the date out to you within the next week, and you can watch from my video, which will be um, accompanied by my pledge for $1,000. So I think we're at the end of the program. I want to thank Joe Silva for coming in. I look forward to continued success with you. Um, now okay. I got to get the, 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 what do you call it? There's a new store out there that does frozen drinks. I'm, I'm losing the Slurpees, not Slurpees. I'm dating myself. Frozen drinks. There's a frozen drink company that just opened the loop. So I got to get them to kind of spend some time Amen. with you and combine a little alcohol with the frozen drinks, right? That sounds that sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah, sounds <laughs> delicious. So thank you for coming on the show. Um, don't forget to let us know what we can do to help you. Thank In you. In the meantime. The residents of Methuen, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to next week's discussion, a uh, lot more on the schools. And remember what I said about the masks and diversity. Please don't lose that. I was really highly energized by best I've felt uh, since I've been hospitalized was today when I went to Methuen Public Schools and I saw how much those students were learning right there in the classroom. Um, so let's support our scholars. Let's support our small businesses. And thank you, and God bless you. Everybody stay healthy. Talk to you next week.